Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport, the record book. Hello again and welcome to the latest edition of the Game Day, the record book podcast myself, Danny Kelly, and my assorted and esteemed gang of guests who I'll tell you about later. You pretty much know what happens here now. I am keeping an actual physical paper book, uh, the record book, of all the best performances, worst performances, heroes and villains of the season so far. And they're chosen today by myself and, of course, legendary broadcaster, I remember who's DJing, Mark Webster. Hello, Mark. Hello. Good evening <laughs> to you, Dan. Thanks and, for remembering that. And the uh, former Charlton Athletic uh, forward, uh, these days a coach back at Charlton Athletic, of course, works with England as well at various uh, levels, um, which means he's very successful because England are now dominating the world at most ends. <laughs> yeah, we, we own it. <laughs> Jason Yule, that's not, an exa- that's not an exaggeration, is it, Jason? I can say I've contributed probably just a little bit. But, but not, I'm not wrong. Not... Our boys, particularly the, the, the boys and young men age groups, we're the, we're the, we're the power in the world aren't no we? I think the, the new thing coming out of the FA now is where we're now being chased instead of being the chasers so that's now a good turnaround in terms of English well played, English well language. played Jason so well done with being both a coach at Charlton Athletic are on their way up as well and England's younger group so and, and very commiserations on your career coming to the point where you're having to take part <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> now, tragic before, we start with a performance of the week De Bruyne now pressing forward. He picks up the ball. Right footed shot. And that is number eight. And that is pure Kevin De Bruyne. Well, it was a lovely day, a lovely result, and a good performance. Uh, but after 1 0, we gave them two chances to score two goals. And they didn't do that, and we did it. So, what could I say? Five shots and target five goals. Can they bite back at all of those critics and go on to win this game from a position of some adversity? Three yards outside of the penalty area, central position. Aubameyang scores! Arsenal three, Aston Villa two. This remarkable comeback has been completed by the ten men of Arsenal. Together, um, we play at the, with, with, with more with the heart, the second half, because we needed that. Um, I'm going to let you start, Jay, so people can get used to your voice and your views. But I suspect... Um, because I know who you support. This may be one of the most biased performances of the week of all time. Who have you chosen? I've gone for Arsenal. Bias. Good Lord, yes. good Lord, good Lord. How could this have happened? No, I've gone for Arsenal today in terms of what we saw last week at Watford and then today being two, one new up, wasn't it? I'm getting all confused. Yeah. One new Aston up. Villa were, were winning. Aston Villa were winning. 
then there's a sending off down to 10 and then all of a sudden they're still winning and you just think to yourself it's just same old Arsenal yeah. that's what you're thinking the, the normal narrative is that this Arsenal team will not have the cojones to pull this around and yet they did and they did and surprising to me at one point where I was looking at the TV in a in a clubhouse after a game today cursing with a fellow Arsenal <laughs> man next to me and Johnny Jackson and I'm I'll, Happy that, to say his name. Two Charlton, Exeter and yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, hang on, yes. but, but Jack, you're bad enough. You're from south of the river and, and you support Arsenal. Jackson's worse, the, isn't he? He's played for Spurs <laughs> while, while having a massive Arsenal tattoo on his ass. <laughs> Has he shown so, you that? Has he ever shown you that? No, I've not, I've not seen I'm not going to ask him either. But, Good luck, um, Jason. Well yeah, played But no, that, we, yeah. we were very disappointed at the time. But then within the, the drive from the game to, to here, seeing it turn around. And I just thought, yes, they've got a little bit all now, of a sudden. Now, bear in mind, Jason, that I was born and brought up in Islington, that everybody I love supports Arsenal. All my family, my missus, is a season ticket holder over there, everybody I know. And yet, I have to say, having worked with him, I've never met anybody more fanatical about Arsenal than Johnny Jackson, the former <laughs> Charlton captain. He's literally insane about them, isn't he? he is. <laughs> and the thing is, he's the one who's actually getting the little cult thing going at the club as well. Because there's a few... There's a few Arsenal boys in, in the change room, but he's he's sort of like the cult leader of it. Wow. So from when the journey in me in the car coming over and there was a voice message and it was like, ooh to, ooh to be, ooh to it was just like, yes. And it's getting a bit <laughs> Columbine, this, isn't <laughs> it, really? At some point, no. this, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a compound at some point no, and, no. and, 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 and police right. outside. And... Yeah, but, the, but how the, often <laughs> can we do that as Arsenal fans? Well, <laughs> okay, very, yeah. All of a sudden, it's a case of you're looking at the, another bad week and then all of a sudden it's like, yes, there's actually something to, yeah, to be proud enough. of for, yeah. for you, once. You, you hit the nail on the head there, Mark, as so often, mm. because if you, if David Koresh <laughs> at Waco is only as interested in the second coming as Johnny Jackson yeah. is in Arsenal. <laughs> the, the, the intensity is every bit as, as real. Oh, you know? It's all there. I, I, I can't. You've got credit where credit is due, though. Izuna Emery was absolutely on the end of another pounding, and 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 he's being given zero interest in being given time to try and turn the team around. And he's talking about identities. And trust me, lads, we're playing out from the back. It's the way forward. So there's so many things were against them. Are we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Are we, boss? How does that quite work, Governor? <laughs> but 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 you know, and, and so they 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 take on a, a villain side that's gonna that's got a lot about them no, and, yeah. and not only that but they're actually winning the game several times no yeah. and, and that's the thing where you look at and think it's the team that's just come up and you and you're losing two one and you just think no not us like why have we got to be that team that's losing to a newly promoted team yeah on our own patch <laughs> down to 10 really. it is exactly like it's that it's our tune with Jason Yule <laughs> but no right. it's fair play they... enough Jason enough we know Arsenal great it's fantastic and all the rest for of now it. for today I'll choose Danny's taking it very well <laughs> I'll have to choose uh, well actually there was so much brilliant football on the Sunday that what, what Spurs did at Leicester has been kind of swept under the carpet so shh that's all very good um, look, this is going to sound a little bit... Uh, we try and uh, avoid the more obvious highways and byways on Game Day, the record book podcast. Um, but I have to say, it would be um, dereliction of duty if uh, in a week when a team has scored eight in the Premier League, they weren't in the performance <laughs> it's of fair the week. Point. It's a fair point. So I'm going I'm to go for Manchester <laughs> City, but I, I, there's a special reason for going for Manchester City. I loathe, hate and abominate teams who get three up at home and then declare... 
Yeah. I like a team yeah. who go. I mean, you can tell me, Jason, I mean, with your professional head on, what what's so shameful about going on and absolutely smashing the opposition under your heel? Now, of course, Watford talk about there for the taking, and I will talk about them later uh, in the show, show when we get on to the worst performances. But Manchester City, they score early, they score often, and then they don't let up. They could five nil at half time. We've seen already once this season a five nil lead becomes the final score. Why do professionals not want to get double figures? I don't think it's not wanting to. It's some. It's like the the attitude or mentality changes, where it's okay. Well, we've got this game won. It's fine. And like Is you it said, game it's, management. Well, that disgusting just, phrase. Yeah, but, but it's a long it, season. Yeah, but some of it is is sometimes lack of game management. But in terms of the way Man City saw it as, it was like we talk about goal difference. Yeah. Where Watford bottom of the table, worst goal difference is that's like an extra point. So that goal difference in terms of what Man City achieved yesterday, that could actually be a, vital, a, a, at vital at the end, at of, the the end of the season. Yeah, it's a simple so piece of pragmatic it football. Is. So it? it's go and, yes, it's 5-0, but the game's not over. You've still got 45 plus extra injury yeah. type. Go and get as many goals as you can, but ultimately you don't want to concede. That's the worst You want well. nil, don't you? You want the nil. And I think the, the conversation would have been a lot different if it was a one, regardless of... It, isn't so, that funny? It, and that's that's how that's how. And Dan, how it is you know this because you're an NFL fan. Is that yes, they do this thing called running up the score, yes. in which they've come up with some kind of conceit in which it's wrong and nasty and bad to bully the opposition who are doing so poorly. No. And do you met? Let's let's not forget that this finger was being pointed at the U.S. women's football, football team, team in the World, yeah, in the World Cup. Cup. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, for daring to enjoy scoring goals and yeah. celebrating when they do, which I thought was an atrocious. No, it's terrible. Attitude. What Jason says is absolutely right. Because I remember, I think the last time a team got nine in the Premier League, Spurs got nine against Wigan. I mean, so bad that Wigan's left back, um, Edson, who had previously played for Spurs, they tore his contract up in the dressing room afterwards, didn't they? <laughs> Jermaine got five, but they scored a goal. Um, and the goal that the Wigan got was a handball. It's distinctly a handball. No, I'm, still, no. I'm still niggling about it 10 <laughs> no. years later. Funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> never enough, is it? No, no, no. Never enough. Right, and if Jason Yule could be accused of um, hometown bias with, I'm, his, I'm, with his idea of the performance of the week, um, Mark, you had your claret and blue scarf. Welcome to your, One Eye Town. Your little bubble hat <laughs> on and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, which, I, which, you know, I, as performances go... You'll have to convince me that West Ham was performance of the week because I had them down to win that game because I think they're a better team than Manchester United. Well, that's and, and that's pretty reasonable. And 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 perhaps my personal bias can can work to my advantage here because I am still a fan sitting four rows from the front watching West Ham playing Man United. Yeah. Nothing in my DNA says, oh, it's a little 2-0 win here. Because it's easier for me, these it's easier for me to from see a distance, it, yeah. these yeah. things don't happen. And so just to be in a situation where... And that, this was not Man United's best 11. And this is also not Man United's best era. Let's be brutally honest. But in my opinion, and you can tell me I'm right or wrong here, this is West Ham's best team for two generations. And this is where I am... Of crossing everything and touching yes. every yeah. You don't want to blink. You don't want to believe it, but no, it's true. I, but you still have to beat the team in front of you or the players thank, in front of you. There you go, that's Jason. the thing. So it's always easy to go and criticise. Well, it wasn't Manchester United's strongest team, but if you're at Man United, you are there because you're a good player, and yes. you should be there. In theory, going and beating so except, a team like West Ham. What about the psychology of the of these teams? 
Manchester United when they used to run out. Now, of course, Team I Sport wears a white shirt, so they always turned up at White Hart Lane in a red shirt, black shorts, black socks. They looked like what they were, the devil incarnate coming yeah. to eat you. And red's officially yeah. the most dominant colour yeah. in all of sport. So when yeah. they pitch up today at the London Stadium, Lovely. wearing shirts... What colour was that? I don't. I know exactly what colour it is. Go it's on. the colour of old lady support hose. Yes, it was. Yeah. And, and <laughs> how can you win a football match in old lady stockings? It's good for the varicose veins, bad for your it's performance. Good for deep vein thrombosis. Exactly right. No, they, they must have had a long it, journey there. That's it, why they had them what's, on. What's the most, He's what's right. the most ridiculous kit you've had to wear? Um, Surely Charlton in the, back in the uh, 90s had some shockers. No, I think, do you know what it was? Just the size of the shirts. You, you were <laughs> some baggy, some baggy some numbers. Bag, yeah, there was some baggy numbers. I know, obviously, now it's about the tight fit and air cool yeah. and be yeah. cool and all that, but just the size of the shirts. Yes. Well, well, it, well it, it's, it's it works just... both ways because, of course, Andy Reid is a friend of this show and he had the opposite problem, getting a shirt. <laughs> yeah. no, never never baggy enough. <laughs> no. But you're actually right. So for West Ham to, to beat Man United's side, full of, well, really good Manchester United player names, albeit some of them nudging their pass, you know, their sell-by date, it would seem. And to beat them while they're wearing the colour, it's never been used as a colour before, bandage. Mm-hmm. So I will take that. That right. Hence, performance of the week. OK, um, Jason, what we do now is we decide between the three of us. Uh, you went for Arsenal. I've gone for Manchester City, though I think you'd been better if they got 10. Um, <laughs> and Mark somehow thinks that West Ham beating a load of old ladies in bandages um, is the performance of the week. Um, you still sticking with Arsenal? Yeah. I'm going with, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, have you changed your mind at all? Uh, I'm, I'm content in myself. I'll accept that on my own behalf as being my performance of the week. But I can kind of see... Two, we talked about two teams bouncing back in a weird and wacky way in Arsenal and Man United. Mm. But bizarre, uh, Man City, City. but Arley and, uh, the, the Arsenal one feels more important. I think it does because, uh, as I say, they, they were a team who were being accused of missing an absolutely vital part of the male anatomy. And perhaps today they have found them because it is, of course, plural. <laughs> and therefore, I will go uh, for Arsenal Football Club, even though the very words make me feel like I'm swallowing something hard and jagged. Um, <laughs> who's I will go before, who's that again? What team? The oh, other team you. in North London. Oh, you're not, you're not a nice Wool- man, Jason. Woolwich Ramblers. Uh, <laughs> they, are, they are our performance of the week. <laughs> The Record Book. Well, that's it. And there are boos once again from the Newcastle supporters. Another home game without a victory at the start of the season. And the fans voted with their feet. The lowest crowd here for a Premier League game for seven years. We all know how difficult the Premier League is. You know, Brighton have been in it and and uh, and having a change in manager and a change in philosophy that you know and um, they're, they're a decent side proved a decent side for the last few years their best point from Watford's point of view they don't have to come back here in the Premier League again full time Manchester City 8 Watford 0 it's 3 points yeah there are 3 points it's the same the distance it's, it's, it's sometimes hard more when, when you have some options and you, always, and you lose the match we didn't have any chance with this match Moussey 2-0 
Sheffield United, fantastic finish. Lee Mousset opens his account for Sheffield United, and that surely must be a first win away from home in 13 Premier League games for Sheffield United. Now it's time on the Game Day Record Book podcast with Jason Newell, Mark Webster, myself, Danny Kelly, um, to turn the page over um, from a, was a very close race for performance of the week. I think it'll be equally well contested, and I love this section, for the worst performance of the week because footballers, I'm afraid, Jason, are not used to being called out. Here, we very much do. And particularly in a team sport, the worst performance of the week award, I think, is the very high point of the show in many ways. Mark, why don't, why don't you start? I think you're, you're, you've got a team from the north of England you want to focus on. I have indeed. And I just think it was their... And as much as it was because surely it was their moment. Surely there's a chance here, you know. And I'm talking about Newcastle United. I mean, and, and, and Brighton, I think, and Graham Potter are going to do really good things. And they're certainly going to be entertaining while they do it. And, and I'd like to see him hang around in the Premier League because I think Chris Hutton did a wonderful job in the way he did it and Graham Potter's doing a different way of doing it. Newcastle, of course, have got different... <laughs> they've got a different story to tell. They got, they're, they're fiddling with a, with a different bow. And Steve Bruce decides, I think for the third time, to jack in a really good job to take up what he thinks is a better job. This time around, it's because I... How could I say no? It's Newcastle. They're my team. I'll get, I'm going to give him that one just, again. Ju- just for the... And he does get a little bit of a pass on that. It reminds me of that when he did this before, when he was trying to get out of Crystal Palace, yeah. Simon Jordan, um, very much my uh, co-host on so many shows over there on Talk Sport, said to him, write you... Um, I'm, and they're great mates, by the way. I'm putting you on gardening leave. He... Steve Bruce genuinely thought, he said to him, what, I have to do your garden? <laughs> he genuinely thought that he'd have to work in Simon's garden. I could, <laughs> to see Steve Bruce attend Simon Jordan's shrubbery would yeah. be something I would pay more yeah. money. I'll tell you what I'd do. The, the 13,000 Newcastle fans who didn't turn up to watch a play against way. Brighton would probably go and do that. Simon yeah. Jordan's herbaceous borders are much more attractive. And that was the start of, 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 of the performance, of uh, the, bad, the worst performance of the week, in that this club, which prides itself on filling that 52,000-seat stadium, nothing like for had The defence, and here's the defence. First of all, you can't... People do this a lot with fans. Yeah, well, you know, they'll point at things saying, no, where, you know, you, you're, you, you fans are terrible. And they're pointing at the people who've turned up which is stupid. 43,000 people still turned up. Yes. That's not a bad turnout. But that, you that, know. that is the well, love. Well, considering what that's they're watching. The, yeah, yeah, and that's the, just more like, yeah, but it's it, the love for the club. Exactly. Regardless so of what they're watching, yeah. But what they were given was 27% possession. At home, by the way. To Brighton, who, who got, and I know stats are not everything, I'll tell you what, though, I think they tell a bit of a story in this one. 700 touches in relation to something like 200 touches. Absolutely, Newcastle have offered nothing, and I include wheeling Andy Carroll out. I was going to say. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, with all due respect to a player who, when he was 20, I thought, wow, this fella is an absolute monster. To Unplayable use. footballer. Der Ungeheuer, as the Germans say, a <laughs> monster. Um, and... 
But now the thought of Andy Carroll, let's be fair, is dragging his old bones around the football uh, world. I'm presuming his plan of pay, no disrespect to him, it must be uh, on a pay-for-play uh, contract. Huge applause when he comes onto the pitch. If that's where Newcastle United have got to, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to survive this season. To the chance if he's one of our own and he barely ever played for him, but of course yeah. he's local, but you'll but, cling on to anything. And the thing is, is when you look at the picture as well at Newcastle, where it's Steve Bruce coming home, quote, then it's Joel Linton, record signing, or yes. it's cost X, but hasn't really got a great goal-scoring record. But then you expect him to be great because he's at Newcastle. And then you've got it, some... has got the number nine on. got the number nine, it's even more weight on your shoulder. And then you've got some other OK players in and around it with sort of no idea of or identity or way of playing. It's You're looking going, well... There's your twenty seven percent possession. Yes. Because it's yes. well, who's actually gonna get us to thirty, thirty five, forty, forty yeah. and actually look like we're gonna go and score a goal. So it's more the fans are there for the club, but it's more it's clinging on that little bit of we might even get a chance or a shot at goal, let alone actually score and it, win a it game. It was virtually like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is all about perception as well, because when Benitez was there, if they had a very bad home performance and got a point, then he's a tactical genius. Yeah. Oh, we he, we wouldn't have got that point under any other manager, um, yet Steve Bruce gets booed off. But you're right, it was a stinker of performance. They, to they, they were terrible. And and, and Joel Linton, such, I mean, there he is. I mean, when Steve Bruce turned up, I forget which with the audit with the colonies that Steve Bruce turned up and then had to sort of go in a press conference and talk about Joe Linton, who, as you say, is this massive signing, an untested, untried young centre forward that Steve Bruce clearly knew nothing, nothing about. about. Yeah, and he's and he's his Newcastle number nine. I don't think Steve even knows how to use YouTube on his phone because <laughs> otherwise he would have just had a quick flick through. Those. Okay, it's just, really weird. I mean, look. As I said, it was all, it was almost shooting fish in a barrel for me to say the performance of the week's Manchester City. But I I feel the same way about my worst performance of the week. And it, this is this does feel like kicking a stick away from a blind man um, <laughs> because Watford. Uh, look, I, I will I'll fess up here. I thought Watford would be one of those teams um, banging their head off seventh place this year, looking to just break into this mythical top six by three of whom, by the way, are mid table now. Um, but I don't think you can go to Manchester City, any team, and concede eight without being consideration for one of the worst performances yeah, of the week. I mean, let, let, let's let's just say, first of all, um, Kike Sanchez-Flores, their manager, apparently told him before the start, look, this is a one-off game, treat it like a cup final. Presumably he's unaware of what happened the last time they were in a cup final with Manchester City. Yeah. Um, and the players did. They treated it exactly like a cup final, um, except they added a cu- couple more to it now. Someone, t- you're, you're the one with the coaching badges. We, we keep turning to you for learning <laughs> stuff here. Please, tell us all, explain. How can 11 players, even against a team as brilliant as Manchester City, I, I, what I see with Watford this year is they, you look at their 11 starters, they're all decent footballers, they're big and strong. But without Troy Deeney somehow as the glue, the, the mental glue for the team, they're just a load of individuals getting passed and cut to ribbons every game. Eight this time, but it could be it's happening several games this season. When you, for them, when you're coming off of the back of the result at Arsenal, you should be now going into this game on a little bit of a high, a bit of an adrenaline rush. Want to build on that performance mm. because they should have beat Arsenal. Everyone, hands down, they should have won that game. Then probably no that one train can beat Arsenal. You know. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that occasion, they should have. Ask Johnny but, Jackson. Yes, but on the build up. 
going into the Man City game, it should have been the focus of let's build on what we've just done on the Sunday. Yeah. But then when you see the lineup, the performance, you can tell that week has gone and had the adverse effects where it's a case of we're going to take out all of our identified centre forwards and put a winger up top. We're going to give... A man with no pace or physical power. Delefeo's got a lot of skills and techers and all yeah. that, but he is not a, a So you look man. at that as your front line, you're thinking, well, what have we got? Then you're playing, who's Guadalupe International for, for, for Chulias on the mm. right-hand side, debut, and you're looking thinking... Where are we going with like you'll be looking Good going, luck with that one, where are we going way. with this gaffer? That's that's the sort of mood you're gonna be going into a game yeah. of. I take it you've never lost a game by eight goals. I haven't touched wood yet. So, yeah. I presume you have lost by seven though. Um what goes on in the dressing room afterwards? There's an inquest going on. I mean it's not even the inquest isn't happening in a change room after, the inquest is happening on a pitch throughout. Mm. I think you can see in any game of football after every goal there's always gonna be an inquest, but there has to be a point, which obviously it didn't occur yesterday, where you've got to go and say, is, we've got to keep it as this. Now, when you think of what was probably being said or not said at half-time, and you're 5 nil down, you can't come out and concede three minutes later. It's, because it, I mean, you think to yourself, well, what has, this, what has the team talk been about? What has the manager yeah. actually said to those players in the change room for them to come out three minutes later? To and be cons- fair, they were treating it like the cup final. They got to six. <laughs> And yeah. They should have stopped there, shouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, that's. I think getting beat four or five by Man City is going to be the, a feather that's in a most people's caps. Yeah, this it's a bit year. of a norm. This yeah, year, and, yeah, and you go, you know, that's unfortunately if you're Watford, you've already is. got a couple of wallopings this year, and you're really struggling at the bottom yeah. table. You can't go there and lose. By it's eight. the manner they. It's, and and there it's is when the they scored, and and then, and then and then and then the manager saying, "Well, my players look scared." Was his way of dealing with that situation. Mm. Yeah, they, they're grown men. Um, now, I, I know um, that um, Spurs could very easily be in this list as well since they haven't won an away game since your kids were still playing with their Christmas presents. Um, but, Jason, you very kindly um, have, <laughs> have ignored the, uh, the, the the great power of North London because um, you want to talk about Everton's performance. Very much so. More more towards sort of Marco Silva. Yeah. I think he's... He's been in the job now from the start of last season. He's had the opportunity to great build... Hair. Great hair. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, uh, you, Jace, you're much too young to know this. Uh, uh, if anyone is looking... you know, If they do a Christmas party of managers saying, guess what, lads? The theme this year at the pantomime is the original Star Trek series. We're looking for a Captain Kirk. Yeah. Marco! Yeah, he just. <laughs> it, 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 I can't see beyond the fact that he looks great on the television. I mean, He's, that, that can't make you a, a, a sort of career manager in the Premier League, can it? When people talk about Neil, the Neil average lifespan, <laughs> yeah. the average lifespan of a, of, a, of, a, of a manager these days, and he's gone to the level and even going close to passing that average lifespan, but. There still hasn't been an achievement of some or any of any sort. He at Everton. starts well at so many places, but, doesn't he? But then, yes. But then it goes the other way. Yeah, but, but why is that? Now all of a sudden, like, like, look now is the money that he's had. He's trying to build a squad. But even with the players he's got in, you're looking at building a team which is really going to end up in a position with the the, the quality of player yes. that you've got there. And you're looking, thinking, how long? I'm not saying you want managers to get sacked, but. I'd expected more from him, considering the talk of the way he's been talked yeah. up. Let me ask you a question then, Jason. Um, given that he's had over a year in that job now, what kind of a team are Everton? <laughs> Very mediocre. Well, well, how do they attempt to win but, the match? 
Are they a pressing team? Are they a counteractor? I can't There's, tell. I, I, I'm no. saying that. I think we said it off air. Where it's the identity. I don't know what their identity no, is. No. There is a way of playing which you see in spits and spurts, but it's not going to happen if you haven't got the players to play the way you want to play. And he's had the opportunity to actually go and get those players and Mr. in. Mr. Mashiri's dough. Yeah, so uh, he's uh, been back. So he is, yeah, and, and you can look at that. And here's the thing: they, there's much talk about the fact they, you know, since Lukaku, where's our number nine? Okay, so you've not got that obvious sort of like arguably 20, 20 goals a season, man. But I'll just you go through that lineup. They brought on Walker, Awobi, and Tusson. They also had on the field anyway. Uh, Moise Keane, who's going to get go? You've got Sigurdsson, Richarlison, who spent a load of money on. I tell you what, if you haven't got one man to score you twenty goals, you're not telling me that is not Someone a lot of attacking force that can get you at least eight to ten amongst and, themselves. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't look. It doesn't look a great. But just as, the, of, just as before, the, he had too many number tens. Now he's got yeah. too many wide players pretending to be strikers. Yeah, and I don't think it's working out for them. Although I don't think they're the worst performance. I, I, I'm going to throw my. I think we have to choose here between Newcastle and Watford. One, Watford because they're just so pathetic, um, and Newcastle because you cannot have less than thirty percent possession at home and expect not to hear the booze ringing around the four fifths full stadium. Yeah. I'm going to leave this to you, Jason. You choose oh. the, worst, the worst performance of the week. I have to go with Watford. Yeah, You've that's got exactly to. right. Yeah. I mean, eight eight, eight, eight goals, in the Premier League. Pretty in, much, no. if you don't get it for eight, eight <laughs> goals conceded, <laughs> You're never you never it. will. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is TalkSport Daily. A podcast to kickstart your day as we nail down the biggest talking points with plenty of punchy personality and opinion. Join us every weekday morning for big sporting stories and laughs wrapped into one big, fat, juicy podcast. Subscribe now to TalkSport Daily on Acast, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The Record Book. Madison, 25 yards from goal, shooting and scoring, and scoring the winner, 
James Madison scores for Leicester City. No one has tried as hard as him to score without success this season. But finally, Madison has found his avenue to goal. Burn, and it's worked back towards Stevens again. Driven towards the edge of the penalty, flicked on by Gross. And here is Connolly, the youngster, who lobs it over oh. the goalkeeper, Dubravka. And somehow it is cleared off the line by Fabian Shaw. That's an incredible goal line clearance. Guendouzi has got it back for Arsenal. The Frenchman running at angles. He goes over, and the penalty has been awarded. That was... Very positive, direct running into the penalty area by Guendouzi. You're listening to the record, but uh, thank you very much to all of you who do listen to it. Increasing numbers every week, and we're rising up the charts like ABBA's latest single. There's one for the teenagers. <laughs> I'm Danny Kelly. Alongside me, a man who remembers ABBA, Mark Webber. Oh, dear. And probably one of the man who doesn't remember them, Jason Yule, the former uh, Charlton Falls these days, a greatly successful coach with Charlton and England's age group teams. And uh, we're on to our heroes of the week. And I'm going to start because too often heroes of the week are forward players doing various things. Um, but my hero of the week is a combination of a player and an activity. And my hero is Fabian Share of Newcastle. Let's be fair, uh, they didn't have much to cheer at Newcastle, as we've already this heard. This is so <laughs> sweet of you, Dan. This is true, though. It's true. I don't think we see enough defensive overhead kicks, right? Um, now, look, I speak as one who knows. Um, when I played on Hackney Marshes many, many years ago at centre-half, I found myself becoming quite skilled at defensive overhead kicks because I was always the wrong side of the ball. It's <laughs> the last resort. It's the only resort left me. Which was, to, was, was a much, a much skinnier man in, the, in those days to launch myself into the air and boot the ball back over my own head. Um, and you can, with a bit of practice, become particularly adept at it. You don't see it in professional football because people tend to be in the right place. <laughs> but what you very rarely see is somebody per- perfecting that quite difficult athletic skill, the overhead kick, from directly underneath his own crossbar. And Fabian Scher, Brighton would have won the game if he hadn't run back to his goal. It's quite a tricky skill because he had to run, stop himself, and still, while the ball was actually making its progress and the old, uh, the old goal line technology was getting ready to bleep, to get the ball out from under the panel, out from under the, 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 the post and the crossbar with that kick, I thought was deserving of a hero of the week. And I, you can give me any number of people beating six defenders and lamping into the top corner while the goalkeeper applauds. Uh, for me, as a former defender, it's Fabian Scher and his brilliant clearance of all Newcastle against Brighton. Jason, who's your hero? And if this is an Arsenal player... What's the odds? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. I was prompted by you two. No, um, no, Matteo um, Guendouzi for me. I think he's a player that is growing of age in in the Arsenal in the Arsenal shirt. And I, I said off, off air was for someone so young that came into the club and started performing so well, and now he's 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 looking like a player that actually cares about playing for Arsenal. It means something to him. I think there are other players that are just there. And well, well, without the, getting you in trouble at the PFA, I mean, I'll let you continue about Matteo Guendouzi in a second, but without getting you in trouble the next time you're at the PFA dinner, <laughs> compare and contrast him with his midfield partner, Granite Xhaka. Chalk and cheese. I think it's that. I think at least with Guendouzi, you can see him wearing the heart on his sleeve. I think with Xhaka, it's through the motions. I'm just going to try and get through this game. Hopefully, with stand on the pitch for most of it. I just think he's there. He's going to get booked. He he's not. He every is going to get he's booked. Getting, but he gets picked he's every week. Booked. When we look at a player 
in terms of what does he offer the team. I'm, I'm still unsure what he does. Yes, he's got the armband. I don't think he offers leadership because if if you're someone who's having not so much of a great performance, then can you give me something else on the pitch which could be some leadership qualities? I don't see that. Mm. But I see a Gwen Doozy who's someone who's willing to put a foot in. Yes, he's still young and will make the, the wrong decision. And I've got to say, Jase, on that note, when Arsenal started the season... It, uh, it seemed to me that people were saying, "Well, this is a decent look at Arsenal side, but that Guendouzi is going to be the problem." Yeah, he um, was. He was looked like he looked like the spare parts. Yeah, he did at one point, and it, no, but even at one point, when... their inability to see through Granite Xhaka. Um, it's, maybe it's, it's maybe it's because he's called granite. He's granite. Yeah. <laughs> um, their inability to see through the granite. If he was called Windows Jacker, yeah. we'd have been yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, loop, or Lupin yes. Jacker, people <laughs> just cut him down. But uh, uh, look, I'm not, I hate picking on one person, but I've seen enough of that lad over the years to know that he is not. I mean, the answer to Arsenal. You're a coach. It drives me mad. When I, and look, Arsenal concede. I've got a small smile on my face, but I'm always looking at Xhaka's position when they concede. He's always on the edge of their penalty area looking at the action. Yeah. If you're a midfield player, you've got to be facing you've got the You've got to be in there. You've got to be in the mix. He's got to be in the mix. For the, but for the, but that's, why I like, that's why I'm with this Gwen. His energy is amazing. never hides, does no, he? No. no. No, and like I said, he's he's someone that will get on the ball, will give it away, but is he not going to go and get... So the highlights last week at Watford, he's getting in and around the edge of his box. Yeah, it might have been a ploy that West, uh, Watford were doing to put him yeah. on. But he still kept doing it. And I think that just sort of shows the type of character that he's now starting to build in terms of, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to hide. And last week when he came off the pitch, they were winning 2-1. And got a, recently got a first cap for France in a midfield that's not short of footballers, by the mm. way. I, I agree with you, Mark. At the start of the season, I thought he was only going to be selected to make David Luiz's hair look normal. <laughs> exactly. um, but it turns out that so I was wrong. Man. And he was, he, was, he, he was very, very good today. Very, very good indeed. Um, as was the Republic of Ireland's uh, excellent <laughs> new midfield. You should uh, be so lucky. James Madison has not played a competitive game for England and has Irish antecedents and is qualified to play for the Republic of Ireland. Almost the best story, by the way, on a similar note of the week, uh, and I paraphrase because it's funnier if I do, is that Jack Grealish uh, went for under-15 trials for England, banged his head on a sink, woke up, and he was a Republic of Ireland trialist. <laughs> now, there was a gap in between, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of which involved him being taken away from the England camp, having to recover, and in the meantime becoming a Republic of Ireland player. I have to say, though, for both Madison... And Grealish, if they were looking at their careers and want to play international football, the, the sight of Mason Mount and Foden, Phil Foden, on the slipway for England, you've no doubt been around both these players, one of those boys is going to end up getting one cap. Well, here's mm -hmm. my thing about I'm James Madison. I'm talking about Madison and Grealish. I, exactly right. And here's my thing about James Madison. The best English number 10 we've got at the moment, and not least of which he wears 10. Now... There are younger foot players than Phil Foden and Mason Mount, of course, because they've come through that English ranks. And that's great news because I like the English ranks. You mentioned it earlier, Dan. The unders is a wonderful thing, and it's very exciting Absolutely. as an England fan. Mm -hmm. But James Madison's kind of done it the slightly harder way. He just got bought out of the championship and said, come on, be an impressive Premier League footballer. <coughs> Excuse me, and it's, that's but it's the second time he's done it because he was bought from Coventry to Norwich first, and, to, to go to and first so, established himself. He's had to make and, two and, leaps and, yeah. and, and sort of like and, and being bought from Coventry, but his kind of career coming towards something like a, a bit of a sort of like a crossroads. So he does that. Then this week, 
So he's wearing 10 all the time. So he's a 10, and I love a 10. And he looks like a 10. This week, all he's done is get photographed with Jay-Z, mm-hmm. walk into work with a transparent Louis Vuitton six and a half grand <laughs> backpack on. A Ferguson wouldn't put up with that. Get mocked <laughs> mercilessly way. for it. Yeah. Leaves the ground with said backpack on, see-through, as I mentioned, with his man of the match of the ward in it. <laughs> yeah. Do me a favour. That is that is class. As long as he hasn't made that parting in his hair any wider, because that is weird how wide the gap <laughs> is. Time, time will widen that parting. <laughs> yes, I know. But it, On it, all it, of us. Yeah. Well, you're doing all right. Time you're, is you're a great doing, parter. You're doing very well indeed. <laughs> okay, so James Madison, Fabian Cher, um, and Matteo, Matteo Ginduzzi. I'm going to let you um, have the first word here, Mark, because I, I don't put, push my considerable weight around too much. Well, it's me. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going Joe Madison mm-hmm. because basically he's that good he, he's worthy of his England call up he was excellent in the game he scored a great goal and I swear to God who of us who amongst us would not sport a Louis Vuitton bag for six and a half grand even though you could see your sandwiches <laughs> and your oyster cards yeah. and a note from your mum in it yeah. Because it's a see-through bag. But and, we'd all do it, wouldn't and, we? And all your losing betting slips down the bottom <laughs> as well. Um, are you happy with that? As the no, Tim no. Madison? As much no. as I'd love to go Gwendoos, I agree with, with Mark on, on Madison. I mean, I've seen him from when he was a young player at Coventry, playing in the 23s as a young player, then getting bought to Norwich, sent on loan to Aberdeen and so on and so forth. But just we spoke about Deli Alley, Lingard, yeah. number 10s, yeah, yeah. numbers game. His numbers stack up. He's creating chances. He's actually getting assists for goals and scoring goals. So for me, that is performance for me. Okay, I, yeah. I have to accept that it's a d- democracy. I will say this: um, the last defender, you know, thank God for Virgil Van Dyke. Otherwise, the last defender to win a major award was back in the day. Um, Cafu, who was the best player in the world for about five years, never won any awards because he was a defender. <laughs> Sorry, Fabian Shea, I did my best for the defensive community there, but apparently that's not good enough. The Record Book. But the big talking point will be the few words between Mings and El Ghazi, the teammates. They had words, the cross wasn't stopped by El Ghazi. He was unhappy, Mings, and he had he told him so. They come together, put their heads together as well, and the referee had to stop the game and have a, a very strong word with them. Aston Villa nil, West Ham nil. I think they're VAR. The VAR this, this is tight. Is looking at that Son decision, and it looks like it may well be. Well, it's, it's fractions. I mean, it's millimetres. It's, he's either on or he's offside. I can't even tell with the lines and everything that's on the monitor. The goal is being checked by the VAR. They're just looking at whether or not Son was on or offside. I've got a feeling they're going to rule out this goal. I'm delighted to say it's time for one of my favourite parts, really, when we pick our villain of the week. Um, Jason, you might as well continue your Arsenal-themed <laughs> show. And, it's like oh, a love-hate thing, isn't it? No, 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 no. We're really enjoying your performance. You clearly need to get it out there, Jason. <laughs> so share. Um, the, the 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 player you're going to pick for villain of the week. It's not really for his performance, though. He's had some shockers as well at the back for Arsenal over. It's recent, a package deal. It's a yeah. package deal. But uh, Socrates and his um, how can I put this? His attempt to influence the referee. Wow. I don't. It's a strange one in why he did what he did and 
yeah, it's... Is it not he's, strange he's, everything that he does? Yeah, he but, does. But, but in this instance, this yes. this instance, it looks like he's being accidentally or on purposely stepped on the fire. The player's reaction who's doing it is his hands are up, then down and hits his own fires and his, his fingernail flicks Socrates in his head and delay happens and then he's... Hand in face, rolling on the ground, clutching I'm, his noggin, but I'm like looking, he's been yeah. beaten around it with a stave. Yeah, but I'm looking at well, it actually looks like the foot on the fire is actually doing more pain to what the little fingernail in the head and. Stri- but no, it's just it, it, the, the the failure of injury is the most pathetic thing that any football can ever I do. Hate, I, but it, hate is a strong. But I do hate it. Red blooded men. Yeah, in I, a competitive but when, situation. But when yeah, centre halves who go around sticking their chest out yeah. and come on then. When they do it, it's, it looks worse still. It is, and I think it's really it's one of those ones. It's he should be in the change room, be getting told by getting told about himself by the players because it is, it's just rubbish. Can yeah. you imagine and, what Roy Keane would have said to him? He'd be wearing a similar shirt. I wouldn't want to think that. It's it's a strange one, Sir Christ. I mean, he you could when he clears the ball, he almost high fives himself. He's he's so involved in himself (laughs) that I can almost understand why he the 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 over dramatic reaction to being. Thigh muscled. Yeah. That's all it said. Thigh First twitched. of all, yeah. he it looked was... like he was stroking against him, like he was his pet cat. It started, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he said he's kind of like whiplash yeah. for the man just flexing his leg muscle. I mean, if you want to, in order to keep that up, the the whole thing, he has to leave the ground in one of those lampshades that dogs wear <laughs> after, they've had, after they've had a, an operation. Yes. Way, oh, he really was hurt, the fella, but he hasn't. He slunk out. Um, as, as, as embarrassed as he really should be. <laughs> so that's one defender lined up uh, for the villain of the week. You want to take us back to uh, the start of this I, week, I, I do because I'm so I was so excited by, and so pleased Jason's here because he can fill us in on this because he he may have been in and around this situation Monday night Aston Villa West Ham, um, El Ghazi. Now, I, 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 as far as I can tell, on the original Smiley Culture. A record, Cockney translation. Uh-huh. Um, El Ghazi is the geezer. I'm sure that's literally what his name right. translates as. But not so well when you go up to Tyrone Mings, at, when, when Tyrone Mings has basically just said to you, any fear of you tracking back and helping out as a defender yeah. here. And little El Ghazi goes up to big Tyrone Mings and puts <laughs> his face in Tyrone Mings' face. The self, the the restraint that Tyrone Mings has got to show in that situation, and how can a teammate put his teammate in such a precarious position? So if he, because we all know where that was. If that's an opposition player, you're off. You're, yeah, because yeah. forward has touched forward. Yeah, and the thing is, it's one of the, VAR got brought into it as well to see if there was they the did contact as well, didn't and they? the intent yes. and things like that. Now. If it's one of those ones, we don't know in terms of the viewer. They're thinking, well, it, we could actually send him off here, but do we want to do that? Can with, you imagine? Do we want to do Mark that? Hold on a minute. A we need to, yeah, hold on a minute. <laughs> Two players on the same team. They're ever going to go. We need to send one of them off. Then it, all of a sudden, it becomes more of a farce. But yeah. you've got to be looking at well, what's led you to get to the point where you've got to go into your fellow teammates' face and be the way that you are. Now, like you said, the restraint of Tyrone Mings. Brilliant, but 
be restraintful there. Because there was but a time get... when Tyron would just stamped on him, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, he, he, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> but, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like I said, the restraint was there, but then it's get back in the change room, well, get it out and deal with it. Because I was going to ask you. That, don't do that to me on the pitch in front of everyone here. Tyro means on t- he's tucked that away for later, isn't oh, he? Surely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. But it, it's, it, shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been done. It's appalling. It yeah, it is. It is. It is. My villain of the week is the offside law. Now, I really Get out wish, of town, Dan. You know, I am mad. I'm mad for VAR. I think it's, it's going to help us in the long term. And I wish this hadn't been Spurs because people will say it's biased. But what happened to Son Hyun Ming um, at the weekend just goes to show. I did say, uh, while campaigning vociferously for the introduction of technology to help the officials, eventually to replace the officials, um, <laughs> I did say that they'd have to be careful here because football is so blinking lazy. Anyone with a brain in their head, particularly anyone who saw it happen in American football 20 years ago, but if mm, you bring in 360-degree mm. cameras and 21 cameras all capable of covering the thing and slow motion and ultra-slow motion, you will start to see things that the law was not designed to see. The offside law was to stop Victorian goal hangers hanging about the penalty area and making the game into with, a with, farce. With a pipe on. Exactly. Yeah, quite, yeah, quite wearing, literally. Wearing yeah. bathing costumes <laughs> and with yeah. a pipe on. That was to stop them. I don't think it was to stop forwards um, from making brilliantly timed runs and being caught out by a technology that cannot tell when the ball was kicked forward exactly enough, which isn't in line with the play. Now, Son Hun Ming's feet were behind those of his markers. His torso was level, but his shoulder, and if the ball had gone off his shoulder, it would be that VAR about handball, was ahead of it. It strikes me that we're in a situation now where if the, sh- the wind catches your shirt and blows it ahead of an opponent, that is liable could, to render could you easily, offside. Could easily do you. I, it just, I, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. I, I believe that it's absolutely to because it's not so long ago where the 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 the, the, the cry from everywhere was technology can't come in quickly enough yeah. for appalling decision making. Well, that cry seems to have been sort of lost in the annals of time, i.e., eighteen months ago. But it's quite simple, I think, for me is that it is that the technology is going to be to our advantage, but if the technology can't match up to it yet then you've got to have some latitude. And the latitude is the fact that you're exactly right. There is a grey area where they cannot make a definitive line on offside, so you have to create a bit more room. And this is where the referees... Sorry, Jason, I'll come back to you. This is where the referees made a rod for Owen back. In order to try and retain some power, they said, well, one thing we'll be able to do is offside, because that's definitive. That's it. Black or white. Black or white, yeah. Binary. And it is not. It is just not, because if, if a football could be kicked with just the t- the tip of your toe and bounced off straight away. Then you could tell when the exact moment the ball was kicked. We cannot because the foot enters the ball. It and compresses. Sends, yeah. It compresses. And there is a timing thing here. And I think until we have perfect technology, which may never come, you, d- you can't be disallowing goals like that because football will be the loser. And that means the crowds will be the loser. Yeah. And particularly when they can't see what's even been disallowed for, they're ultra losers. I mean, you must teach kids to play on the shoulder. It's one of the great skills in football to see where the ball is, see your defender, get yourself level, make the move happen. But now they're, they're, they're frightened that they're going to be caught. No, I'm not having it one bit. Millimetres in terms of the, the difference of a goal or a goal standing or not standing. Then you've also got the, the bit of at what phase of the play can you bring oh, back God. the offside. And you think to yourself, it's, it's gone, it's happened. Millimetres, no. 
And as you mentioned there about timing of the runs, it is an art to time your run and being able to do yeah. it, how you do it, at what speed you do it at. Because there are still some players out there that are still timing of their runs or lack of are still running like space cadets. Yeah. But it is an art in terms of how you do it. But what what's impossible to do? How high, how low you are. And it doesn't matter how much of a genius you are. You cannot be a brilliant man at judging that and beat that technology. Because as Dan points out, it's physically impossible for that rule to apply to real life. It, it, and exactly. Because we're always saying now the game is getting quicker, faster. How many times do you see where a linesman could not be up with play? So, yes, we're having to get the aid with us. Even but if they are up with play, you see the defenders coming out, the forwards going in at such pace. And the crossover is going to be at a where it's like, oof, not too short. So they always just say with the lines, like, well, official, what do you call them now? <laughs> linesman. <laughs> linesman. It's, you do this for a living, Jase. Don't yeah. mind us. Linesmen women. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my bad. No, it's one of those where they said, if... If the benefit of the doubt, let it go. Because they're saying is you have to be sure in terms of the decision. You can't gamble. You can't guess. If you're unsure, leave it. And now we're getting assistance. But the assistance we need is not for a millimetre in terms of no. he is offside. And it's going to be the top part of his shoulder, which he can score from or stroke can't yeah. score from. It's, it's ridiculous. And all of that 30 yards from goal. Yep. By the way, is yep. that, yeah. So again, <laughs> what phase is it they're going to bring it back to this? Yeah. The quote game offside? is too much fun, too important, too big in people's lives for it to be reduced to some kind of scientific exploration done with a scalpel. I'm sorry, that's just not it. And uh, much as I want the embarrassment of Socrates to include um, Villain of the Week, and much as I think El Ghazi deserves it for putting his teammate in an absolute <laughs> bind. Please tell me, surely the offside, the, the, the way yeah. the offside was being interpreted by VAR. And of course, the player, oddly enough and wonderfully, who would have most suffered from this over the last five years is Jamie VARD. Oh, um, yes. He would definitely have been the player that would have been most affected by, let me have this, please, as the so yours. Of the week. So yours. <laughs> no, I would agree with, totally agree with you. Oh, so all, the, all, all my other defeats in the earlier rounds now mean nothing to me because that's the one I wanted to get. And I don't care that it was a Spurs player. If it happened to a Leicester player, I've had exactly the same opinion. Um, I'm a great fan of VAR, but you can't make it into a farce. And I sometimes think that the referees almost, as a means of fighting back from the loss of power, are choosing BS offside decisions to try and discredit VAR. Well, mates, it won't work. We'll stay strong. You'll soon be consigned to the dustbin of memory. You're listening and have been listening to Mark Webster, Jason Yule and me, Danny Kelly, on Game Day, the Record Book Podcast. We love that you're along for the ride. Join us again next week. We'll have more similarly award-winning stuff for you. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 